my husband always used to say, we don't believe in pot and we don't believe in luck. So, okay, never mind. <laughs> it's a lame dad joke, okay? Admit it. <laughs> well, good morning, my beloved. I'm so happy to see you guys here. I am really honored and blessed to be able to bring you this message. But I do have to admit, I, I'm feeling very, uh, very intimidated by this and um, a little bit scared. Because today, uh, we are continuing, we're doing a series of our fundamental beliefs, the basic beliefs that our denomination, which is interdenominational, and our church believe. And today, I have the dubious honor of talking to you about one of my favorite topics, and that is, anybody know? Heaven. We're going to talk about heaven today. Ooh, I can't even tell you. I'm so jazzed. I had so many people tell me after first service they were so ready to go. Um, first of all, don't accelerate the process. Thank you. God has his timing, so you don't need to help him out. We're good. There is a death every three seconds, every 180 minutes, every um, 11,000 every hour, and 25,000 deaths worldwide every single day. So the question is, where are all of these people going to spend eternity? Because I, I, I watched a movie earlier this weekend, and there was this man, and he's talking to this little boy, and they were talking about dying, and the little boy goes, well, when we die, do we go to heaven? And the guy's like, nope. And the little boy goes, well, what happens? And he goes, nothing. You just die and you just, you're buried in the ground and then worms eat you. <laughs> it wasn't a horror movie, but it sounds like one. But there's something so much better, something so much more significant, something so much more exciting. And that is the prospect of heaven. And for those of us who know that we know that we know that we're going to heaven, there's a yearning within us, right? You with me? Like, we cannot wait to get there. And the weird thing is, like, you know how when you're, like, when you were a kid and you knew you were going to go on, like, some epic vacation, like, say, for example, Disneyland, right? Or going to go to the, I don't know, grandma's farm or whatever, and you just have this anticipation, like, you could not wait but the, but the strange thing about heaven is that we, don't even, we can't even fathom it. We can't even fathom how amazing heaven is. And yet, there's something within the heart of the believer that cannot wait to get there. The, the Bible talks about heaven over 500 times. So I'm only going to barely scratch the surface today, sadly. I, th I think you could really sincerely talk about this for a very, very long time. But we're going to talk about lies. There's certain misconceptions about what heaven is. There's, um, and we're going to talk about what heaven actually is or what, how the Bible describes it. We're going to touch on it a little bit. Um, we're going to cover, like, what are we going to do in heaven like, what kind of stuff goes on in heaven? And hopefully, if I have time, I want to talk, I want to answer the question that I get a lot, and that is, do the people that have gone on to heaven know what we're doing down here? Anybody ever wondered that? Like, have you ever wondered, like, are they paying attention to us? 
or, I mean, do they just go to heaven and they're like, peace out, I'm gone. You know, like, (laughs) I don't care about you. (laughs) You know, what is it? What is going on? So I'm hoping that I have time to do that. Okay, this is, heaven is going to be an amazing trip. It is going to be an epic, awesome experience beyond comprehension. First, our sec, uh, First Corinthians 2, 9 says, as it is written, what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no human heart has conceived, God has prepared these things for those who love him. This is what the Bible is saying. He's saying God has prepared these things for those who love him. I want you to think about the very best day of your entire life. Think about the best day you've ever had in your life. Okay, now I want you to think about the best vacation you've ever been on. Don't say you've never been on vacation, because I am going to have a stern talk with you about mental health. <laughs> it is important to take breaks. I'm just throwing this one, this one in for free, but seriously, take breaks with your, with your spouse if you're married, not with anyone else's spouse if you're not. And <laughs> please, though, seriously, take care of yourself. Vacation is a really important thing. It's not, it's not lazy, okay? So anyway, that was, that was a, a rabbit trail. So I want you to think about the best vacation you've ever been on. You thinking about it? Now I want you to think about the most beautiful place you have ever seen in your entire life. Okay, so heaven, so, so all these things are down here, and heaven is further than you can even imagine as far as overshadowing those other things. Heaven is going to be so far beyond. It says here we cannot even comprehend, we can't even conceive of how great this is going to be. So what are some of the lies about heaven? Anybody think of any lies that you've heard about heaven? Anybody? There's going to be pearly gates. And, and for some reason, poor Peter gets like bouncer duty. I don't know why. <laughs> Peter's the one, you know, yeah, you're going to go meet. No, there's, there's no evidence in the Bible that there's going to be pearly gates. Well, and there's, because we're going by what the Bible says, we're not basing it on anything other than what we read in the Word of God. I, although I will tell you, if I do have a, an impression or some opinion about something in it, and, and it's just my opinion. I will definitely let you know because I have a, a really vivid imagination about this. So the first, the, the first one is, yeah, there's heavenly or there's pearly gates and St. Peter's going to be there. What's the second lie that, you, that we hear a lot about heaven? What's that? Oh, that everyone can go to heaven. That is a lie. Or the other lie that kind of tags along with that good people go to heaven. You know, there's going to be a lot of good people in hell because it's not good people that go to heaven. Did you know that? It's forgiven people. Just because you're, you're good, I, I just want to ask you if, you, if you define yourself as a good person, but you have never accepted the sacrifice Jesus offered on the cross, then I want to ask you, you're good compared to whom? Who are you comparing yourself to? Right? Because if it's Mother Teresa, then you're probably, you you know, you're probably not going to make it. (laughs) 
If it's Hitler, you're great. I mean, <laughs> but it has nothing to do with how good or bad we are. It has to do with whether or not we have received the forgiveness that Jesus Christ offers for us on the cross. So that's another lie. How about the lie that heaven is going to be super boring? I'm going to make a case later that's going to dispel that lie. Heaven is going to be the furthest thing from boring. It's going to be so epic that we're not even going to believe it. We're going to be so blown away the whole time. What's another lie about heaven? That we're going to just float on clouds and play harps the whole time for all eternity. It's like, no, thank you. Please, no. Nothing against harps or clouds. I like both of them. But why? Uh, What's another lie about heaven? Oh, that it doesn't exist. I can say if the Bible mentions something once, it exists. If it mentions it 500 times, it really exists. (laughs) Like big time exists. Um, Another one is uh, we're going to turn into angels. That when we go to heaven, we're going to turn. No, we are not. We are going to be ourselves. But we are going to be, it's literally an upgraded version. And And the Bible talks about, we are going to get what I'm really excited for, a glorified body. Anybody anybody with me on that one? Woo! Get that glorified body. And it's going to be perfect, not like, I mean, it's just going to be, everything's going to be so much better than it is here. But we are still going to be ourselves. We're going to, if you know certain things here, you're going to still know them in heaven. You're not going to get a lobotomy when you get there. You're not going to forget. You're going to be more fully you. You're going to be the the version of you. The Bible says that when the perfect comes, the imperfect passes away. We're going to get to heaven and we're going to just We're going to still be ourselves. We are not going to morph into angels. And incidentally, let me just dispel the myth about angels that they're these fat little cherubs. Okay? You know, like Hallmark or whatever. It's like they're always these little little chubby, you know, like Smurf-like things or whatever they're called. You know, that is not what... Anytime the Bible mentions angels, people, they, they always have to start out by saying, hey, don't be afraid. I mean, do you really see this little, hey, don't be afraid. I mean, a little, a little cherub is not going to scare anybody. It's these massive angels. And incidentally, anytime people see angels in the Bible, they fall forward. Okay? So angels are like massive. They're, they're like these impressive creatures. So they're not these little floaty, you know, chubby dough things. So, um, we're not going to turn into angels. What's another lie about heaven? Yeah. Okay, that's a good point. So, they asked Jesus. They said, they said, hey, so Jesus, there's this woman, and like her husband died, and then she remarried, and then that guy died too, and then she remarried, and then that guy, and I'm like, what is this woman cooking? And anyway, but, but they're like, she married like seven guys, and... And they're like, so in heaven, who's she going to be married to? Wouldn't you want to know that too? And Jesus is like, in heaven, there's not going to be marrying or given in marriage, but we're going to be like the angels. It doesn't say we're going to be angels. We're going to be like the angels who apparently are not married. Okay, and I think, now this is, this is the world according to Jody. So I'm just saying, I think when we get to heaven, 
the reason that we're not going to be married to our spouse is because I think our love is going to be perfected. So we're going to love everybody equally. You know what I mean? There's not going to be, because like on this earth, we are bound by our own personal preferences and dislikes and, you know, and, oh, I have to tell you this. So do you guys remember, uh, there's a, a magazine that you speak, I don't know if they still have it, but it's called the Ladies Home Journal. It's like this ancient magazine. And they did a poll in this magazine and they said, when you get to heaven, because they're assuming everybody's going to heaven because they're reading Ladies Home Journal, and they're like, who do you first want to see when you get to heaven? 31% said, I want to see my mother. 16% said, I want to see my father. And only 10% said they wanted to see their spouse. So for some of you, this is a relief to find out. You're not going to be married to your spouse in heaven. <laughs> Woo! Freedom! However, I do want to make this point. We are going to be married in heaven. You're like, wait, you just said we're not going to be married in heaven. Now what are you saying? We are the bride of Christ, and we're going to be married to the bridegroom who is Jesus. That is truly celestial marriage. That is perfect marriage when we're reunited. And like I said, I think our love is going to be perfected. So I think we're going to just love everybody equally. You know, sometimes you go to funerals and you hear people say things like, um, oh, I just can't wait to get to heaven so I can see my grandpa. Or like, I can't wait to get to heaven so I can see my, my little sister who died earlier or whatever. I'm thinking, I can't wait to get to heaven so I can see Jesus. Right? can't wait. I'm going to say that a bunch of times. A.W. Tozer, who is like one of my favorite authors, says, the person who is seriously convinced that he deserves hell is not likely to go there. However, the man who believes he is worthy of heaven will certainly never enter that blessed place. Said another way, on the judgment day, which there will be a judgment day, and we will all, I mean, it's going to be the separating the sheep from the goats. And on that day, those who are going to hell will absolutely know they deserve it. But on the other hand, those who are on their way to heaven will absolutely know they don't. Because it is by grace that we have been saved through faith, not of our own works. So no one is going to boast. Nobody is going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and say, I was good enough. I deserve heaven. Nobody. Because it says all of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God, which is the perfection of God. All of us have. And sin separates us from God. And that is why Jesus Christ became human. He became God in human form. And he lived a perfect, sinless life. And he went to the cross. And he paid the penalty for our sins. So that we can be united with God in heaven for all of eternity. And there is eternity. It's, the Bible says that God has even written eternity on our hearts. There's something in us that knows there is something beyond this life. Because Jesus even, you know, he, he told us how many times. He just warned us, like, you're going to struggle in this life. He says, but take heart. I've overcome the world. 
I love to travel. I absolutely love traveling. I know people that hate traveling their homebodies. I I start to shake after like a month if I haven't like traveled. I love traveling, but I'll tell you, when I get home and everything's familiar and hopefully nothing's died so it doesn't smell, but you, like the smells are beautiful in your own house and you sleep in your own bed. You know that feeling? Anybody? Nobody knows that feeling. Okay, one guy knows that feeling. Isn't it great? <laughs> but you know, no matter how amazing your trip, no matter how awesome the vacation destination, no matter how great a time you have on that vacation, there's something about coming back home. Remember, Dorothy? There's no place like home, right? There is no place like home. And this is what Jesus says in John chapter 14. By the way, if you are stressed out or struggling or hurting or broken or in pain, John chapter 14 is a really good chapter to read. Jesus starts out and he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. He's saying, don't be afraid. He says, in my father's house, there are many rooms. If it, some, some versions say, in my father's house are many mansions. Not just little, it's not going to be like a little studio apartment, right? It says, I want you to get this. In my father's house are many rooms or many mansions. If it was not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? I want you to grasp this. The God of the universe that we sang about, who created everything, he created the heavens and the earth, he created the oceans that roar, he created those mountains out there, he created the beautiful flowers and all of the beauty. He is creating a mansion for you. Just for you. I don't know about you, but I am like stoked about that. The God of the universe is preparing a place for you if you know him. I'm so happy about that. And when we get to heaven, God is going to light it up. Legit. He's going to light it up. It says in Revelations 22.5, there will be no night in heaven. They'll need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. We sang that song, your face outshines the brightest sun. When we get to heaven, there's not even going to be a need for the sun. There's not even going to be a need for lights because God's going to light it up. And so consequently, this is what I think. And now this, again, this is just my personal opinion. I don't think we're going to sleep there. I don't think we're going to need sleep. I, I was in Sweden one time during the, the midsummer, which is where like the sun kind of goes down below the horizon and then it comes right back up like a couple minutes later. It's midsummer. It's, it's June 21st, typically the middle of the summer and it's light. And it is so confusing because you're like, wait a minute, it's four in the morning. And it's like the sun is like just blazing. 
It's very confusing. So I don't know. I mean, I, I guess when we get to heaven, we can sleep if we feel like it. And some of us are probably going to need to catch up. So, I mean, there might be sleeping in heaven, but I don't know. I mean, why would, it, why would there be no more night? I don't know. Anyway, okay, yeah, yeah, rest. But we'll get to that in a minute. Here's the cool part. Here's serious motivation right here. Revelation 21.4. This is Jesus. It says of him, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. No grief, crying, and pain will be no more. Because the previous things have passed away. So when we get to heaven, he's going to wipe away all of our tears. There's going to be no pain, no suffering. There's going to be no sorrow. Now somebody asked me after first service, so if we're going to know things, because remember, when the perfect comes, the imperfect passes away. We are going to see fully. It says we are going to be known even as we are fully known, or we will know even as we are fully known. We are going to, we are going to understand things that we don't understand on this life. And, and so somebody said, but if we know everything, how is it that there can be no sorrow? And here's what I say. We are going to have a heavenly perspective at that point. Everything is going to make sense at that point. You ever been to a movie and you're like so confused in the middle? That's every movie for me, but you know what I mean when you're watching this movie and you're like, what? And then all of a sudden at the end, they wrap it all up and you're like, oh, I see. That's what that meant. Oh, remember that? And heaven's going to be like that. See, we see one frame at a time right now. But when we get to heaven, it's like we're going to have the ability to see the whole movie all at the same time. Everything's going to make sense, and we're going to have a heavenly perspective, and we're going to understand why it is we had to go through that pain, or why we lost that person, or why. It's all going to make sense to us at that point. There won't be any sorrow. There won't be sickness. Woo! No COVID! Yeah, no masks in heaven. <laughs> there won't be any fear. There's going to be no fear in heaven. Isn't that a relief for some of you? You don't have to fear anything. You don't have to sit there and think and think and overthink and worry. It's all going to be gone. All fear is going to be gone. All stress is going to be gone. Yeah, some of you aren't going to know what to do with yourselves. You're going to be like, I've never done this before. And you're going to stress about not stressing. Um, depression's going to be gone. Yeah. Insomnia is going to be gone. Again, I think maybe because we're not going to. Anxiety is going to be gone. Yes. Abuse is going to be gone. Heartache. No divorce. No racism. No injustice, no violation, no violence, no fits of rage. It's all going to be gone. 
Woo, sign me up. <laughs> this is paradise found. We're going to find paradise. We're gonna, when we get there, we're going to be like, it's going to be utopia. It says in Revelation 7.15, For this reason they are before the throne of God, and they serve him day and night in his temple. So, wait, serving? Isn't serving like kind of a pain, like... No, we were created for the purpose of serving. Did you know that? Anybody who is a disciple of Jesus or claims the name of Christ should be serving. That is how we lose our lives. And every single person within the hearing of my voice should be serving. And this is not a guilt trip. This is for your own benefit because you were created to serve. Every single one of us. You know, and, and, and our philosophy here is that we want people to grow their life with Jesus, to become passionate believers of Christ, and to impact their world, because you know, there's a lot of people that aren't going to heaven, and we are not promised tomorrow. And then the last thing is to live the purpose and the dream for which you were created, and so we are going to serve the Lord. Actually, when we get to heaven, we are going to serve in the fullest capacity of what we were created to be and to do. You know when you're doing what you were created to do? You know that feeling of just like, yes. Like you're just, you hit your stride and you're just, there's something just so invigorating about that. And maybe you haven't gotten to that point. Keep asking God to show you who you are and what you were created to do for him and for his people. But it says we're going to serve day and night in his temple. It says the one seated on the throne will shelter them. They will no longer hunger. They will no longer thirst. The sun will no longer strike them, nor will any scorching heat. For the lamb who is at the center of the throne will shepherd them. Yes. He will lead us and guide us and cover us and, and nourish us and speak words of love and affirmation to us. He will shepherd us. He will care for us. And it says, um, it says, he'll guide them to the springs of the water of life and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Again, God will take care of it. God is going to take away... In, in the Old Testament, heaven is, is called Shemayim, which is a, the Hebrew word, which means a high and lofty place, a place that's up there. In the New Testament, the Greek is called Aranos. It's the aerial sky or the heavens. Okay, so, so you hear about when Paul the Apostle was caught up in the third heaven, if you've ever read that, that particular story. He's telling his whole story, and he's like, yeah, and I was caught up in the third heaven, which is where the doctrine came from that there are the three levels of heaven. There are not three levels of heaven, but there are three heavens. So let me clarify. The first heaven is the sky and what we see, the blue and the clouds and the storm clouds and, and the sun and the moon. That's heaven. But then the second heaven, which is beyond that, is the universe, the galaxies. Okay? Those are both referred to as heaven. So you, I lift up my eyes to the, the heavens, you know, the heavens that we see, and then the heavens that are beyond what we see. And then 
way beyond all of that is the heaven where God dwells. And that is up for everyone. No matter what, heaven is, is up. It says Jesus ascended up. So no matter where you stand on the globe, even if you're upside down in Australia, it's heaven is still up. Isn't that insane? Doesn't that blow your mind? But that's where God dwells. And so here's the, here's the question. If you have not surrendered to Christ for whatever reason, you don't think you need the Lord, you don't think you need forgiveness, or you think you're good enough, or, or whatever it is, check this out. Heaven is where God dwells, and he is going to be the only thing going on there. Like, God is going to inhabit. So if you don't want to be with him now, why would you want to spend eternity with him? Does that make sense? He wants us to dwell with him, the people that are his people, the people that love him and want to be with him. And that is our hope. It is the hope of heaven. These are the things we're going to do in heaven. Anybody know the first one? What's the first one? We're going to worship, and it is going to be epic. It is going to be amazing worship. And, and as a matter of fact, you know, it says that the 24 elders, it says that they, they fall down and they're like, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And it says they worship him. And then they stand up and they're like, holy, holy, holy Lord. It's like they're constantly worshiping the Lord. We're going to just be so overwhelmed with God's goodness that we're going to worship him. And as I said, we're going to serve before his throne. We are going to eat. Woo! Anybody excited about that? And I do believe God is going to have some new flavors available for us. He's going to, there's going to be new textures. There's going to be new smells. I think there's going to be new colors that we've never seen before. I think, yeah, you're not going to gain weight if you, if you go to heaven and eat. There's going to be a banquet table. I've never done a cruise. I've never been on a cruise, but I heard it's like kind of like perpetual food. Yeah? Anybody ever been on a cruise? I heard it's like, like all you can eat all day, every day, except that, yeah, then you do gain weight. But in heaven, I think it's going to be like that. I think, I think there's going to be a banquet table, and I don't, because it's eternity, there won't be set times, but I think that, that we're going to just, be hanging out and chilling and just eating and being together with people we love. I think it's going to be amazing. And I think the food's going to be awesome. We're going to serve. Um, we're going to see beauty. If you can imagine the most beautiful place you've ever been in your life, imagine it just being paled and compared to how heaven is going to be. I mean, even it, it even talks about there's going to be like clear gold. Everything is going to be made of jewels, when we get to heaven, it's all going to be gold and jewels and it's going to be, it's beyond our comprehension. That's the point. We can't even comprehend it. As I mentioned earlier, we're going to have our glorified bodies and it actually says that we are going to rule and reign with Christ. And here's the other thing. We will recognize the ones that we love. We will recognize people that we knew here on earth. Some of us will be a little surprised, I think. 
whoa, Uncle Joe made it. <laughs> no offense, Joe. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Okay, so here's the question that people ask me. They're like, so... For those of you who don't know, my husband passed away five years ago, and people will always say, so, like, do you think Eric knows what you're doing? Like, does he, like, is he sitting there watching you? I'm like, I hope not. That'd be <laughs> kind of creepy. But um, I really believe, and this is, again, just me basing this on what I read in the Word. It says in Hebrews that we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. I think... Those who are in heaven, those who are, who are our loved ones who've gone on before us, I believe that when we're engaged in eternal things, they're going to be paying attention. Like I was saying earlier, I don't think, you know, when I'm sitting there cutting my toenails like my husband's sitting there going, aww, you know, I just don't see that. But when I'm sharing Jesus with someone, right? Or when I'm reading the word and memorizing the word, or when I'm praying for somebody, praying for somebody to come to Jesus, doing spiritual warfare, then I think it's like, you know, because it says that we're going to run the race. So I think it's like we're doing this thing, you know, we're just like trying to survive on this life, just trying to, we're, we're trying to get to the finish line and we want to finish well. Yeah? And I think that's when that great cloud of witnesses, it's like they're in this coliseum and they're watching us and they're going, you can do this. You can do this. And I know Jesus is interceding for us. It says he intercedes for us day and night before the throne. So if you're one of those people and you're looking forward to having your tears wiped away, Jesus is, he's pulling for you. He's praying for you. He's interceding for you. And so is that great cloud of witnesses. The ones who are in heaven, I believe that they are pulling for you. And I believe that, that we're being encouraged as we step out and do the things that God has called us to do. In Colossians 3, verse 1, it says, So if you have been raised with Christ which means if you, if, you are, if you no longer live, but Christ lives in you, if you have been born again, you have received Christ, it says, seek the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. See, this is our response. When we hear a message about heaven, it's like, oh yeah, that's so cool. But that's not enough. We have to take it one step further. If we... If we are thinking about eternity, we're thinking about eternal things, don't you think we're going to live our lives differently now? Don't you think we're going to have that eternal perspective? We're not going to get so stressed out when, oh, my furnace broke, or, you know, or, oh, I can't afford that car that I wanted, or, you know, whatever the worldly things that we think, or even that relationship is broken and obsessing over that, or, or your health problems, they're going to pale in comparison. As a matter of fact, it says that, that the, our present suffering, it says they are light and momentary trials. And it says these are going to achieve for us a glory that will far surpass them all. 
that's why we, if, we, if we're thinking about eternity, we're going to try to bring as many people with us as we can. We're going to try really hard to make sure nobody misses out on this. It says here, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Our lives are to be hidden in Christ. We're supposed to be hidden with Christ in God. Like it says, I no longer live, but it is Christ living in me. This is the ultimate. This is what you were created for. Okay? Nothing in this world is going to satisfy you. There is nothing on this earth that will bring you pleasure. You cannot experience peace, not real peace, maybe a temporary peace that might have a buzz attached to it, you know, but not real peace. You, you might experience maybe a, a temporary sense of, you know, contentment or whatever, but ultimately, ongoingly, you can sense the peace of God that transcends understanding, the peace that Jesus promises in John chapter 14. You can experience joy even in the midst of suffering, even in the midst of deep sorrow, you can still have hope because God is a God of hope. And and that's why he's saying, now that you know these things, Keep your eyes fixed on him. It says, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. He's saying, don't obsess about this world. Don't obsess about the things that aren't eternal. You know, I say this often, but there's two things that are going to last. God's word, because it says his word will never pass away and God's people. So that what we should be focused on doing is is getting God's word into God's people. That is what we're all called to do, starting with numero uno. Starting with yourself, knowing what God's word says. You know, there, the, the, the devil prowls around looking to deceive people. He's, he is on the move and he's going to try so hard to deceive you. But if you know what the Bible says, you do not need to fear him. You do not need to fear him. It says, don't fear the one who can destroy your body. Fear rather the one who could send your soul to hell. You know, we are called to have a reverence for our God. And to fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. And that's when we're going to be with him in heaven, in glory. That is our goal. That is the ultimate. Amen? If you wouldn't mind standing, we're going to pray. I'm going to pray for a couple of people. uh, Not individually, but a couple of groups of people. I'm gonna pr- I want to pray for those of you, and, and you're not sure today. You're like, yeah, heaven sounds pretty good. I'd like to do that. I'd like to check that out. But you're not sure. You don't know for sure that you're going to heaven. We're going to pray today and seal the deal, okay? You can know. The Bible tells us you can absolutely know that you're saved. You can know. So if you're questioning at all, you're wondering, you're like, I don't know. I want to pray with you. 
And then also for those of you who, who are struggling to believe that heaven is as good as the Bible says it is, and you want to have a new revelation of what heaven actually is going to be, or you're just struggling, you're just, you're just having a hard time right now, I just want to pray with you. So if you wouldn't mind holding your hands out like this as a sign, just that you want to receive what God has. Oh, gracious, beautiful, awesome, magnificent, glorious, heavenly Father. Oh, Lord, we thank you for the hope of heaven. Lord, we thank you, God, that you have revealed to us just, just an inkling of what heaven is going to be like, and we are so excited for it. We are looking so forward to heaven. Lord, thank you that you, the king of the universe, are preparing a mansion for each and every one of us. Lord, thank you that you are making it perfect according to who we are, our personalities. Lord, you're making it perfect for us. And Lord, um, I, I just want to lift up those right now who are just kind of struggling under the weight of the things of this world. Lord, they're struggling to fix their eyes on eternal things. And I, I just pray right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, that you would come in like a flood right now, Lord. I just pray you would release the peace that transcends understanding. Lord, that as we submit and surrender to you, Lord, we would live Lord, we cast our cares on you, for you care for us, Lord. We give you our burdens, Lord. We give you our pain and our trials and our tears and our grief and our sadness and our financial troubles and our relationship troubles and our health problems. Lord, we just want to have an eternal perspective. Help us to get it into perspective, Lord. Just minister, Lord, your peace your hope, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If, if that's you, if you're somebody you need, you need hope right now, or you need peace right now, just raise your hand, just between you and God. This is just between you and your Creator. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for peace. Thank you for hope. In Jesus' name. And Lord, I also want to pray for those who aren't sure they don't know for sure if they were to die today. Lord, I, I know there was a funeral yesterday for a 33-year-old man who was killed in a motorcycle accident. Lord, we're not promised tomorrow. Father, we just pray for his family right now. God, that you would comfort them, his wife and their two little kids. Just comfort them, Lord. And Lord, we do ask, God, that... Um, you would move in the hearts of those who are unsure right now, who don't know for sure if they're going to heaven or not. And if that's you now, just between you and God and me, can you just raise your hand if that's you? You're just, you're not convinced, you're not absolutely sure, but you want to know for sure. Can you just raise your hand right now? Yeah. Amen. I see that. Yeah. 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 Anybody else? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Welcome to, to the family of God. Anybody else? 
Amen. Okay, well, Lord, we thank you, God. Um, Lord, we thank you for new life. We thank you for salvation. Lord, we thank you for the assurance. Lord, we can never be good enough, God. We can never do enough. Jesus, you did it all. You said it is finished. You paid the price for us on the cross. And we thank you and we praise you and we acknowledge, Lord Jesus, that we are hopeless and helpless without you. But with you, nothing is impossible. We can do all things through you who give us strength. Lord, thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for, for helping us to fix our minds on the eternal things, Lord. Give us eternal perspective. We bless you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. I will see you next week. Remember, it's the 4th of July, so don't come to first service. Um, God bless you this week. I love you all. Mm -hmm.